God. Amen. Glory to God. Today is uh, June the 21st, 2020. Glory to God. And uh, 
My name is Brother Joseph, amen, and we're going to get into the Word today, glory to God. And I just want to welcome everyone, a uh, couple of one, well, individuals join, and uh, I thank you for all those that will join and those that will be partaking, amen, today. And I thank God for uh, this precious day. It's uh, kind of cloudy out there, which indicates there may be some rain here, so we're grateful for that, amen. And... Um, like I said, we're going to get into the Word. I'll just wait another minute or so, then we'll start praying. Amen. Praise God. Well, like I said, today is um, June the 21st. Amen. And my name is Brother Joseph. Glory to God. And we're going to get into the Word today. Amen. Oh, praise God. All right. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this precious time. Amen. I thank you for your word, Father, today. Your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that you're faithful and how that you watch over your word to perform it in our lives. It is written in your word, Father God, that there shall none cast their young, nor be barren in the land the number of our days you will fulfill, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, that our days are fulfilled in you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that, that you're not a man that you should lie, Lord God, neither the son of man that you should repent. Amen. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I bless you, Lord God, for my precious brothers and sisters that will be partaking today, Lord God, and those that will partake in the future. And I thank you, Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name for your presence right now. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Well, today is, like I said, uh, June the 21st, amen, and uh, I was going to share on something today, and I, I was blessed because uh, I listened to this uh, these teachings that Brother Jeff has been doing about he that rules his own spirit, right? And I was meditating on that because something happened at my workplace where there was a major shift and change made in, um, in, in the way things are done as far as how we... Uh, retrieve uh, certain information that we need for our workstations and whatnot and, and the licensing that we need for our applications and whatnot. And uh, and the thing is, is that the change that's, that's happened has brought a tremendous amount of peace, right? This was Friday evening. And it was all because of, of, a, of an individual that can rule his spirit, amen? And uh, for some reason, I, I just... I wanted to ask a question about a certain process and why it's done a certain way from a certain individual. And at the end of the, the conversation, well, the individual just said to me, you know, make sure you speak to your supervisor about it and they can speak to me. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the first time, right, that, that this thing has been brought up. And, and it's been a known issue for us for a long time, you know, for so over a year now since I've been there. This problem that causes a lot, causes us a lot of frustration. Well, after this conversation, or during the conversation, actually, I went and spoke to my supervisor. And anyway, she had a conversation with her supervisor, her boss, and her boss says, "Why are we doing it that way? That makes no sense." And so, anyway, that's been the point that we've been trying to make from our side is that the way that it's being handled right now is not the right way. So, <clears throat> I. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know that anything like that was going to happen, right? The governments, right? Not my supervisor and her supervisor, right? They're, two, they're the governments over my life and my work. So they made a choice. My supervisor's supervisor made a choice about a process. Not only that, we're going to give, be given access to handle and manage the inventory properly and so on and make certain entries and stuff in, in that process. But the point I'm trying to get at is that because of that rule that's been established, right, the governments, in other words, now there's going to be great peace amongst our department in the, some of the processes that we do. And there are quite a few processes, right? We, we do a lot of things. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, I was just thrilled by that, man. Just a matter of, you know, five minutes, God, there was a change made, a change that could only come from the Most High. In other words, because of divine influence and favor from the Lord, amen. As the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 3, Right? <clears throat> Let me go to that real quick. And it doesn't seem like it's a very significant or power thing, a powerful thing, but the, the point is, is that <clears throat> it blessed me, and it's going to bless the guys that I work with, and uh, 
And so there it is. I mean, I can't do anything but, but thank God for it. So the scripture is talking about Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall it add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and grave them upon the tablets of thine heart. Write them, I'm sorry, upon the tablets of your heart. Write is to me to grave, to impress, in other words. <clears throat> and then it says, So shall thou find favor, verse 4, and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And then he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. All thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So that's what I'm saying is that there's been some direction brought to my life. And, and the favor of God, right, has been given, and I didn't have to do anything with it. Except, you know, I pray all the time. I pray for my workplace. I pray that there's peace in the workplace, and there cannot be peace without governments, right? You must have the rule of God established in your life before you experience the peace of God. Amen? And and someday, you know, I'll, I'll hopefully the Lord let me share that and break bread on that, the word peace there. And what that all means, you know, and what, what we're really looking at for, right? We're looking for peace in the demonic realm, right? Because this is where the scripture says we wrestle not with flesh and blood, right? But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the powers that are influencing individuals and peoples in our lives, around us. These are the powers that are bringing forth laws that are ungodly in the land, right? To put oppression and put mankind in a state of oppression, right? And, and therefore, we, cannot, we don't have any peace, if you will. You can't move. But when there's peace in the land, glory to God, you're able to go in and out of your house without any problems or worries, you see? And this is why the scripture teaches us to pray for those in authority. Amen? Because when you do, you're going to have peace in the land. Peace for what? Peace to preach this gospel of the kingdom. Amen? Peace to not have anybody hassle you when you're preaching the word, right? And, of course, we know persecutions are going to come, and we're going to get into that in a minute when we talk, start talking about the force of patience, right? And it's, 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 it's inevitable that, that there's going to be mockers and those that ridicule you and, dis, and uh, disapprove of you and, uh, and persecute you because of this gospel of the kingdom that we preach, right? But, as I said, uh, now in my workplace, praise God, there's going to be some peace. Amen. And uh, it's a much-needed uh, rest that we need, amen, from this uh, stretched-out processes that are not necessary, amen. <laughs> but I wanted to share something about the law of distribution because Brother Jeff was sharing on this on Wednesday night on the YouTube, and it's available to you guys if you all want to listen to it. Let me, let me locate that for you. And uh, anyway, it was precious because... Um, it was, it was so right on time, glory to God. The Lord's always on time, amen. He, he never falters, amen. So let me, let me just call this video up here and, and share it for you. Uh, okay, hold on. Praise God. And this was the Wednesday night message, and, it's, and uh, anyway, um, it was very precious, amen, very timely for my life, and, and I trust it will be for yours. But again, getting back to this law of distribution, right? So <clears throat> I didn't intend for anything to happen the way it happened on Friday, right? All I know is that I, in my life, I'm seeking to be obedient to God's word, amen, in every facet of my life, and in my family's lives, and in my son's lives, <clears throat> and so on. But as it happened, now there's been some rule established. But I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to share this because... This is the law of distribution. In other words, when the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking forth and giving forth his word, he's distributing that bread to us, right? He's giving it to us, amen? He's got a way on how and how he does this. And, of course, you've got to see this by the Spirit, amen? You've got to see it by the word. You can't see it in the natural realm, amen? Because in the natural realm, the scripture says, for, for example, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? So you can't see this in the flesh. You can't war in the flesh. You can't understand the Father in the flesh. You can't understand his ways, right? So the scripture says here in John 3, 25, then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and Jews and the Jews about purifying. Verse 26, 
And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven, right? Now, I shared a few weeks ago about being born again and what that really means, right? Being born from above, being generated from above. And Jesus Christ was born again, right? Because the, the, the Holy Ghost overshadowed the Virgin Mary, right? And then there was conceived a man, Jesus, right? A child was born, but a son is given, right? As we read in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. But the point is, is that in that process of what was given to him from heaven, that process took some time, amen, because he didn't just get that in a matter of a couple of weeks or a day or whatever, right? It was a lifestyle for, for him. First of all, he had to go back and submit to his parents. He was preaching in the synagogue, right? And he was 12 years old, and, and, and his mom said, why have you been, how, why have you done thus to us? We've, we've been looking for you with tears in our eyes, right? And so in that, the scripture says he submitted there, he submitted himself unto his parents. And the word submitted is the word hupotasso. Now, there's another scripture where the scripture talks about Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. The word uh, there is also hupotasso, he submitted himself. So what I'm trying to say here is that when we submit ourselves to the way of God, amen, and understand that we can receive nothing except it gives, it's given to you from heaven, right? Then in that, and when it's given to you from heaven, it's something that's been distributed to you. And the purpose of the distribution is to give it to somebody. Give it to your brothers and sisters. Give it to your wife. Give it to your sons. Give it to your daughters. Amen. Give it to the body of Christ. Praise God. Because naturally the world can't see the things of the kingdom of God. They can't understand them, right? So John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. So this understanding this truth about what happened on Wednesday and talking about ruling your spirit and whatnot is what I'm doing now is I'm teaching you about what the law of distribution is, but the event that happened on Friday was a result of something that was distributed by the Father through his way, amen, to my life. Amen. Joseph, just maintain rule over your spirit, amen. And maintain rule over your spirit. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God. In other words, don't deviate from, my, from the word of God. Don't deviate from your faith in God. Just keep trusting the Lord, keep trusting the Lord, keep trusting the Lord. And the thing about it is, it wasn't necessarily something that I directly asked for within this week. It's something that I prayed for many times in the past. Binding those evil spirits, binding those demon spirits that influence these people, right? And make and cause decisions to be made that are ungodly, man. Oppressive, amen. Pushing us down, keeping us in control, you see? And that's, of course, that's what the enemy wants, right? He still kills and destroys, and he's got to do that. Through laws, through 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 mankind, through individuals that are ungodly, that are being inspired by demonic influence and forces of darkness, right? So, in Jesus, he taught us about this, and we'll st I'm gonna start reading in Luke chapter eight, verse one, all the way down to verse nine. And uh, so, Mark chapter eight, verse one, and in those days, the multitude being very great. And having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. All right? Three days and they don't have anything to eat. Amen? And so, <clears throat> and if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them came from far. Now notice that he says, and if I send them away fasting, you know, they may have brought lunch for a day or two days, right? But he realized that, that they had been with him for three days, man, receiving that bread of life, amen, the law of distribution. He was getting what he received from the Father, I mean, what he received from the Father. He was distributing to them, teaching them, showing them the way of God, amen, teaching them the laws of the kingdom of God, amen. And they were there listening, praise God. And so, verse 4, and his disciples answered him, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? Right? The disciples, you know, they still didn't get it. And we're going to see later on how he rebuked them. And he asked them, how many loaves have you? And they said, seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground and took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. 
So they broke down what had been distributed to them, and they gave it to the people. Praise God. Now, you've got to understand something here about the bread of life. Amen. He told them, go out every morning, get the bread, get the manna, right, in the Old Testament, in Exodus. And don't take more than is necessary. Just take enough for you and your family. Because whatever you take that you don't need, it's going to spoil, you see. It's the same thing today, right? If you, if you put too much on your plate, right, <laughs> and uh, you're going to eat some food, right, whatever you can't eat, you've got to just throw it away, more than likely. Well, the point is, is that you've got to measure. You've got to size and measure these things. And so, <clears throat> and he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples and to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes and he blessed them and commanded to set them also before them. Amen. So they did eat and were filled and they took up the broken meat that was left seven baskets. Praise God. And they that had eaten were about 4,000 and he sent them away. Look at that. Now, he sent them away. Now, verse, um, if you look on there, there's something, another little event that happened here. Start with verse, uh, verse 11. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question him with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why did this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. Now notice it says he sighed deeply in his spirit. That indicates to me that Jesus was a man that had rule over his own spirit. Praise God. Because he was upset about the question when they asked him. It says he sighed deeply, man. And he was agitated with this thing, man. They kept looking for a sign. And, uh, <clears throat> and so then, verse 15, Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. Now, leaven, if you know what leaven is, yeast, right, which causes right, the, the, the dough to swell up. Well, the principle here is that we have to be mindful of the understanding that we're getting from the world, the understanding that we're getting from the religious system, the understanding that we're getting, we're getting from leaders and those that are in our lives. And, and, and we have to be aware, what the, be aware of what the motive is behind that, right? We know that the Pharisees and the Sadducees they were interested in, in trying to trip Jesus up, right? They couldn't hear after the Spirit because they were carnal. They didn't understand that this were the weapons of our warfare, right? They didn't understand, right, this way of Jesus Christ and what he was doing and bringing and distributing to the people all the bread that they had need of. See, they were getting divine revelation, man. Divine influence was in their lives. The divine favor of God was bringing correction to their lives, realigning their lives, so that they gain favor and stay in favor with the Father. You see? He was planting these seeds in their lives. And he understood the principle, right, of seed time and harvest. He knew that if the seed gets sown, there will be a harvest eventually. Amen? So now, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, is it because we have no bread? So again, the leaven of the Pharisees, right, uh, <laughs> leaven is associated with bread. They're thinking about, he's talking about natural bread. They didn't understand he's talking about the spiritual bread of life himself, amen? Take me every day in your life, praise God. And then Jesus, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have no bread? And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why reason ye because you have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have you your heart yet hardened? And when the seven among four thousands, how many baskets full fragments took you up? And they said seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? I'm going to give you that bread of life. You're going to distribute to the people. But you're also going to be able to receive from the people. And in, one, in this instance, he says, how many fragments did you take up? And they said seven. And in another instance, they took up twelve. Well, what do you think they're going to do with that food? Throw it away? No, this was your portion, your part. And you're going to be able to take that now. And if you want to distribute some of it to your family, that's fine. Right? This bread of life. Give it to the people. Amen. Give it away. Eat it. You know, eat some of it for yourself. Sustain yourself. Strengthen yourselves. You need food too, in other words. 
So the point is, is that he was trying to teach them a principle here about a need that they have when they're hungry, but the need also that we have when we're spiritually hungry. And that the only place that you can get this bread of life, this water, amen, this wellspring of life that's going to flow up out of your spirit, man, the only place that you can get that is from the Father, amen. So back to, praise God, the scripture where Jesus, John the Baptist, John 3, 27, he says, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Amen. And I believe that from my life and from our family, that all the bread that we have, everything that we have in our home, etc., etc., these are the gifts that God has given us. Amen. And I receive that from the Father. Amen. And every time I receive something from the Father, like a computer or like a camera or whatever, I sanctify before the Lord to be used for the Master's use. Amen. And the point I'm getting at is here is in this law of distribution, it's about distributing what you've received. And a man, if you're going to give them what Jesus Christ has distributed to you by the Holy Ghost, amen, then, then that's the only thing that you can give them. Now, <clears throat> as a son of God, that's what we do, right? We, as sons of God that are seeking to walk in the maturity of God, right? For as many as there are the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These sons of God and these daughters of God, amen, are involved in distributing this bread to the people, amen? And it's not necessarily uh, something that I have to remember to do as far as, like, go through a teaching or learn something new so I can give them something new. It's about spending time with the Father. And you can't get that distribution distributed to you, right? That portion distributed to you unless you spend time with the Father, amen? The children of Israel knew his acts, but Moses knew his way. Moses spent time with the Lord. And look at all the bread, amen. Look at all the word of the Lord that came forth, amen. Five books of the Bible, amen. Look at everything that Jeremiah put forth, Joshua, amen. Look at Solomon and David. Look at all this bread that they put forth, amen, in the word of the Lord, in the word of God, amen. This is called the law of distribution. They got what they got, and we get what we get from the Father, from his presence, amen. Now, in 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 12, Paul's here talking again, and I'm going to read through 18. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. You see? But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule, the canon, rule here is canon, the word that what we measure against, which God had distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you. So now, by the law of distribution, right, that we're talking about here in 2 Corinthians 10, 13, let me go to that because I want to show you something here. Let me see here. 2 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, the word distributed here is the word to part. That is to apportion, to disunite, to differ. In other words, the, whatever portion which God had distributed to us, you see, now he's talking here about the measure of rule in the spirit realm. Because Paul is saying here that I've, I've been given a measure, and that measure, that metron, reaches even unto you. Now there's two words here. The first word measure here, but we will not boast of things without our measure, is the word amatros. Amatros means out of your boundaries, out of bounds, in other words. If you're, if you're watching a football game or an event and they step over the line, they're amatros. They just got, they're, 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 out, of, <clears throat> they're out of bounds, you see. So they, they got to stop the play and now the other team gets the ball. Well, in the kingdom of God, when you boast without your measure, that means, you're, that as the scripture says, uh, a man that has a, a false gift is, is, is like a, a cloud with no rain. See, you, there's nothing of, of refreshment there. There's no way you're going to get refreshed in the spirit. But he said, we're not going to boast of things without our amatros. In other words, without our extended boundary beyond our measure. But according to the metron, metron means I'm in my boundary. Of the rule, of the rule, here's the word canon. Canon is the straight read or rod, a rule that is used for measuring. A standard of faith or practice, in other words, the boundary. So in other words, according to the metron of the boundary, which God had distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you, a metron to reach even unto you. So in other words, 
as we grow in our relationship with the Father, and as we gain the ground in the spirit realm and take back the demonic realm, take back what's ours and our inheritance, or your measure is increasing. Your distribution, your law, the law of distribution is increasing. God is increasing the measure, amen? God is the one that's putting this all together. Now he says, for we stretch not ourselves beyond, beyond here. So to extend inordinately, right? Again, the same principle of amatros because that word is, is italicized. So we stretch not ourselves beyond, amen, beyond our, our, our portion and what's been given to us, as though we reach not unto you. For we, come, or we are come as far to you also in the gospel of Christ. Now when Jesus was there distributing the bread and the fish to the 5,000, he distributed to the disciples and they gave it to the people, right? This was the same principle. <clears throat> he was able to take and distribute to 4,000 individuals, to 5,000 individuals to 10,000 as we look in Luke 12.1, right? That was his measure. He could do that because he had the metron of God. He was in his measure to do this. And even so, the voice of the Lord, amen, and the grace of God that, that, that's been given to us, the divine influence of God, amen, to bring forth that rule of God, the canon, in other words, the canon, which is the law, what we measure against, the boundary, right? In all these areas, you see, in the areas of a father, in the areas of a mother, in the areas of a husband, in the areas of a wife, in the areas of a young man not married, and a young woman not married, and small children, how we conduct our businesses, you see, the law of distribution sets the boundary of where things should be at. And when we cross the line, when we cross the boundary, we're out of bounds. We're on the All right? And he says, not boasting of things without our measure, in other words, without amatros, not as beyond our boundary of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. According to our rule here, the word rule here is the word canon again, according to the, to the boundary, abundantly. We're going to be able to receive abundantly according to the rule and to the measure, in other words. It's the law of size and measure, right? An unjust balance, you see. Whatever's been measured out or meted, right? There's no problem with, <clears throat> with you distributing back seven baskets full, 12 baskets full, whatever's necessary, you see. So it says then <clears throat> to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast, you see, not to vaunt ourselves or throw ourselves beyond in another man's line of things not made ready to our hand. We're not going to get involved in something that, 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 that's not ours, in other words. We're going to stay in our boundary. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Now the word commendeth here, it's interesting. It says that it's to introduce, to set together, to exhibit. So not he that commendeth himself is exhibited, is is uh, acceptable, all right? Not he that commended, not he that <clears throat> sets together, introduces, or exhibits to stand near to constitute, not he that one that's distributing, that's going to constitute you, set you in the right lines and the right boundaries about all these matters. You see, not he that commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commended. And then now back to John chapter 3, verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. This is called the law of distribution. Now, the interesting thing about the law of distribution is that you've got to be able to know how to rule your spirit, man. As the scripture says in, in Ephesians, and this again was the, this is what's distributed Wednesday. And I'm going to redistribute this till we all come in the unity of the faith. This is Ephesians 4.13. And of the knowledge of the Son of God, the we us of God, unto a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, we need to come unto that measure of the stature, the measure, the, 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 the metron of the character, right? Is that the word right there? Ephesians 4.13, hold on. Praise God. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the measure is the word metron of the stature. Stature means maturity. So the metron of maturity, till we all come into that maturity in God. Because one thing about it is one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. 
So in other words, <clears throat> they were able to, they were successful because of, in other words, let me put it another way, hold on. They were able to have the strength in numbers, in spirit, in other words. When we collectively as a body of Christ are unified in the will of God, amen, and in the purpose of God in the earth, which is to make disciples and grow up and mature the body of Christ so that they can turn around and grow up and mature the body of Christ and then learn about the ways of God, learn to come to together collectively for prayer and for agreement, amen, so that we can come together in the unity and the, and the knowledge of the we of God unto a mature man, unto the metron of the maturity of the fullness of God, of Christ. You see that? So now let's go now to... <clears throat> That's Ephesians 4.13. Now look at these two scriptures. This is in Proverbs 25.28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that's broken down without walls. See, if we, if we start to understand about the measure of rule and the law of distribution, right, and we distribute what's being given to us, to the people, right, and we distribute <clears throat> only what's been given to you from heaven, in other words, he that hath no rule over his own spirit, he that doesn't know how to rule his spirit is like a city that's broken down without walls. So in other words, it's like if I nobody ruled in my household and we just let the door wide open all the time. People walk in and out. I remember one time when I lived in Marshall, I lived in a house there, and the next door neighbor to me was an individual that was involved in drugs, right? Heavy drugs, right? Heroin, cocaine, marijuana, whatever, correct? And uh, he also happened to be a Vietnam vet. Well, I remember that home, right? There was no electricity there. There was no, there never were no lights. You never saw any lights turn on. All, there was no windows. Most of the windows were broken out. Sometimes the door was open on the front. Sometimes it was closed. You know? I mean, and, I'm, and when I say open, I mean hours, days. And so this individual was obviously being majorly oppressed by the demonic realm, right? And that's what they want, right? They don't want us to come and understand authority. They don't want us to honor authority. They don't want us to honor the police officers, which the scripture says that that, that role that they've been given is, 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 is part of God. In other words, let me read that to you in Romans chapter 13. All authority, scripture says, let every soul be subject unto the higher authority, Romans 13, 1, for there is no authority but of God, and the authorities that be are ordained of God. Authority is ordained of God. So what do you think the enemy is after, amen? He's trying to pull down authority everywhere he can go. Because he knows that when there's no authority, there's no boundaries. And because there's no boundaries, there's no peace. Anyone can come in and out. In other words, in the demonic realm, demons can come in and out of our lives if we don't establish the rule of God in our hearts. And if we don't learn how to rule in the spirit. Now, Proverbs 16, 32, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth the spirit than he that takes the city. And that's the one right there, that scripture right there. That slow to anger part, right? Maintaining your soul, Joseph. Don't get agitated because these processes are all messed up here at your workplace. Maintain faith toward God, trust in God, bind and loose these demon spirits, release the power of God, release the love of God, amen? And eventually, glory to God, you're going to see change. And this change, of course, like I said, now there's some processes that are going to be taken away that have been very, very hard for us, oppressive for us. And so that's what I'm saying is learn and understand how to rule your own spirit, amen? And you rule your own spirit because, first of all, you learn the way of your soul. You have to learn this soul, of the, your soul. You have to learn what your mind, your will, and your emotions are. And that's going to lead us now into our outline. Calling it, it's called the force of patience. And let me copy that out to you guys again. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. All right, so this is where we're at now. We're going to be talking about a force of patience, amen. And look, if you look at James chapter 1, 2 through 4, all right? James chapter 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So I've shared this before, and I'll say it again, that there's two ways that you can uh, get involved in temptation. One is you fall, one is you enter. When you fall, you didn't see the trap. You were trapped. And the scripture says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God in verse 5 there. In other words, God will give you a way out, and he'll bring you the instruction and wisdom that you need. 
But the other side is, is as Jesus said, can, um, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. So we have to enter. You see, we have to understand that you can enter into temptation or you can fall. Well, now we're talking about fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh hupomene, constancy. Constancy. Hupomene, like I said, there's two words for patience, and this one's hupomene, and it means steadfastness, endurance, you see. It's like, you know, it's like if you know you're going to run a marathon. Well, you're going to have to train for that, right? You're going to have to get prepped for that. You're going to have to cut out all the, all the unnecessary food and stuff, right, and lean your body down, right, to run in a marathon so that you can have the endurance, right? But it's not like a 100-yard dash, right, where you only need that burst of energy for just a few seconds, right? So that's what I'm saying here. We're talking about let patience, verse 5, verse 4, I'm sorry, let patience, let that hopomene have its mature or complete work in your lives, that you may be mature and entire, which means complete in every part and sound, right? So that's what we're talking about here, is that we want to be complete and sound in the Lord, right? Unto the major, the stature, of the fullness of Christ. We want to walk as mature sons of God, individually in our families, but also corporately when we come together with the body of Christ. Now, the thing about this force of patience, right, the distractions of your faith are only the attractions of your soul. That's why you have to keep your soul in check, right? Um, I, I know some things about myself, right? I know what will trigger me, right? I've got to watch my heart, even in my own home, right? I've got to watch it when I'm being accused and being derailed, right? Railed at, in other words. We've got to watch these things. And, and in other words, if I don't maintain my soul and get start getting upset and agitated and angry, I'm going to blow it and suitcase out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forfeit the promise of God in my life. So the distractions of our faith are only the attractions of the soul. We've got to understand the mind, the will, and the emotions. And it says in James 1, 2 through 4, the trying of your faith activates and develops patience, constancy. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. Praise God. For you have need of hupomene, constancy, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promises. The interesting thing about that scripture is that you're not going to be involved in the will of God if you haven't been constant. If you're in and out, right, unstable as water, man, flaky, as a $2 bill. <laughs> There's no way anybody can put any kind of load on your life, you see? In other words, no responsibility is going to be given to you because you're too unstable. Amen? Now, so <clears throat> add to your life patience, 2 Peter 1, 6. And we've been covering all these scriptures, but it's so important, amen, that we understand what the Lord is doing and saying here. And to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, and to hupomene godliness, which the scripture translates that as manliness. In other words, quit you like men. Stay strong and endure the race. Without patience, there is no experience. I read that in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Let's go over it again. And that's what we're trying to get to. But in other words, because the experience that you gain now in this matter of what you went through, in this trial that you went through, because and you stayed constant, you see, is going to produce experience, amen? Now, the, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, amen? By whom also we have access by faith into this unmerited favor, divine influence on our heart, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, glory to God. And patience, is, the patience there is, is hupomene. And hupomene experience, and experience brings hope, glory to God. And as the scripture teaches us in, in uh, Hebrews, hope deferred, I'm sorry, that hope is the anchor of the soul. You see, hope is what keeps you steadfast and consistent and reliable and faithful, you see. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3, right, Talking about the stabilizing factor, Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing all, we also are compassed about 
with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us or set us aside, in other words. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Who pomony there? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. He's the one that generated. Amen. He's the one that, that the, we're complete in of our faith. The finisher. Let me look at that word. The finisher of our faith is the word, the completer, the consummator. Amen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God, of the throne of God. Endured the cross, man. He put up with all the pointing of the finger, the slapping, the crown that was put on his head, the nails that he was crucified with. He put up with all that, despising, looking down on the shame that they had towards him. He didn't consider any of that. Why? Because he was already a dead man in his soul. He knew that if he sat there and rise up in his soul, he would blow his whole witness and testimony of the Lord in the earth. Even so, when we blow it, because we have outbursts of our soul and attitudes, because we don't understand how to rule our own spirits, amen, we just blew the testimony of God in our lives to the people. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against themselves, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. The word minds is the Greek word suke, which is soul. That's where we're going to lose hope. That's where we're going to faint. That's where we're going to give up. Nobody can do this. It's too hard. All these excuses of the soul, you see. Now, every way, every distraction, burden, care, or hindrance. Amen. And we have to understand how to use the word here, right? Casting all your care over on the Lord because he cares for you. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. That is, raise you to the very summit of opulence and prosperity in due time. In other words, it's called the law of resurrection. If we'll humble ourselves and stay in the boundary, as the scripture said, God resists the proud. When you're proud, you're being arrogant. You're overextending. You're amatros, you see. And therefore, you get resisted. Even though you have all the knowledge that, that, of everything, it's, it's, it's no use because it's in the wrong spirit. The sin that besets us to deviate or, or divert you causes you to go in another direction. And it says, run with patience. Don't quit. Run with consistency. Endurance, amen. Don't quit. Don't drop out or become tired, weary, or exhausted. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now, the sin that besets is draws you away from the course that you're on, distracts or deviates, an attack or faint trick or decoy toward one part of an area in order to distract uh, attention from the point one really intends to attack. So, this is how the enemy comes in. The word faint here, F-E-I-N-T, means a movement made in order to deceive an adversary, an attack aimed at one place or point merely as a distraction from the real place or point of attack. So in other words, all these smoke screens that are being raised up right now, all this causing the people, you know, the COVID-19, the diseases, and all these things, right, the, the, the riots and stuff, all of that is just a decoy for what the enemy really wants, right? And we know that there's an election getting ready to come up, right? He wants the top place, man. He wants the topos. He wants that place of authority again. And he realizes that things are changing because there's a man in place right now that is causing change to happen. That's being influenced by a spirit man. And that's tough on the soul of a man that doesn't understand the ways of God, you see. It's tough on the soul of a man that doesn't understand authority, amen. And doesn't understand the ways of God. They don't understand the wisdom of God, amen. They don't understand that if they would listen and humble themselves and be obedient to God's word and way, they would see it clearly. They would see that light, if you will. Now, so the real goal here is the enemy wants that top place. You have to see that. Now, 2 Peter 5, 7. 2 Peter 5, verse 7. Wait a minute. Yeah, I read that earlier. Casting all your care over him because he cares for you. It should be 1 Peter, but it's a typo there. And then it says, drawn away from the course, James 1, 14. All right? James 
But every man that is tempted, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of, it, of his own lusts and enticed. You see, if the enemy comes and he finds something in our hearts and our lives, he's going to dangle it out there for us. And if it's in your heart, you're going to be drawn away of your own lusts. You must be mindful of this, amen? Now, decoys to the faith. Verse 15 of James chapter 1. Then lust, then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin when it is finished brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Amen. You see that? So the five natural senses, the enemy knows. First of all, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, but it says a strong meat belongs to them who are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Right? When you're walking around in maturity, no matter what's happening through the five senses, the sight, taste, touch, smell, and hearing, and what's coming in at you through all these gates, if you will, you're able to maintain over your emotional aspect of your man, over your soul, and over your mind. You will. You see? Your mind, your will, and emotions. So, and the type of pressure that the enemy brings is sickness, pain, right? Pressure. Of course, we know bills are things that we have to take care of, payments, etc. These all put a lot of pressure on a man's soul when he doesn't have, he doesn't, he's, he doesn't understand how to go to the Father and get his needs met. You see? Now, run with patience, the scripture says in Hebrews 12.1. Remain constant in your pursuit of your goal, looking unto Jesus and away from all that would distract. Amen? Through the idea of a marathon. I read that earlier. It's, it's something that we have to maintain and be constant and endure this race. Amen? Decoys. Like I said, were made make us be weary. The, the scripture says here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, right? Back to that. For consider him that endured such contradiction against sinners against himself, such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your soul. You see that? The force of patience makes your soul constant. It is in the soul realm that one grows weary and faints. Your anchor, your soul, you anchor your soul with hope, and once the soul is anchored, you remain fixed. You don't move, in other words, through patience. Just like a, a big ship throws out that, that anchor, sometimes they have more than one anchor, right? But that anchor keeps that ship solid still. No matter what the current is, no matter where the water is shifting or whatever, the anchor, the, the boat stays, the ship stays in place. Even so, in our lives, we must maintain our hope towards God. The scripture says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. You see, when the desire comes, it's something now that you're experiencing. And glory to God, it brings so much joy and so much peace. Amen. You know, I was out photographing yesterday, and I've been wanting to capture the, the painted bunting. And uh, he's a beautiful, beautiful bird, right? And, um, and I've heard him out there in this particular area, close, close to here where we live. But I hadn't, I hadn't been able to draw him to my home so I could photograph him, photograph him around here. Well, I went over there, and sure enough, man, I started playing the sounds. I set up a little, a little a set of limbs and stuff so he could perch there. Man, I got some great shots, praise God. But the point I'm trying to make is I've been looking for that, and now it finally has been fulfilled. And it's not a big thing, if you will, to... to uh, it's, not, it's not that big a deal, if you will, but it's something that's kind of important to me, you know. And, and God is faithful, amen, to even when things are don't necessarily seem uh, important to other people, if they're important to you, amen, God will God'll make it come around to where you'll be able to experience that area and so on. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, which hope, okay, so let me read the verse 18 first, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So and then he says, which hope, even though it's is italicized there, we're talking about the previous verse. So which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entered into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is forever for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. One of the things about this veil, right? The scripture says the veil is the flesh, and Jesus went beyond the flesh. 
to enter into that place of God, that presence of God, that holy place, the holy of holies. It's the same thing in our lives, amen. The veil is the flesh. The carnal man is what's keeping us from experiencing this life of God. And we must maintain the constancy, the patience, and not allow the enemy to get, out of, to get us and cause us to lose our testimony. In other words, the words that we're speaking, the words of life, amen, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life, getting us to move away from our, in our faith toward God of what we believe God has brought to us in that rainbow word. So do not grow weary of using your faith or leave or faith using your faith or of believing God. Don't grow weary, man. Stay maintaining in your faith toward God and your consistency of the Father, Amen. Don't lose hope, Amen. In this hour, no matter what's going on around us. Now, in Luke twenty-one nineteen, the Scripture says, "In your patience, possess ye your souls," Amen. And look at that, man. That's so precious. Jesus, like I said, Jesus is the one that revealed this. Amen. He was a Marismos man. He knew how to maintain oversight of his soul. So it says here, let me read up a little here. Hmm. All right, so verse 10. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Is that ever true, right? And great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. You see that? But before all these things, they shall lay their hands on you, and persecute you, and deliver you up to the synagogues, and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Amen. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. What the enemy meant for destruction, God turns it around for a promotion. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries, amen, shall not be able to gainsay or resist. You know, that's what happened this past Friday right there, man. The wisdom that was being brought forth to question an area that I, that I, that I was led to do, right? It brought back tremendous peace for us, amen? So my adversaries weren't even able to gainsay against it. And ye shall be betrayed both my parents and brethren and kinsfolks and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. And there shall not an hair of your head, glory to God, perish. In your patience in your hupomene possess ye your souls now the word patience again is hupomene constancy consistency for faithfulness reliability endurance and then the word possess means is to acquire or to own your soul you see we have to own this soul in other words we can't let this soul dictate to us because of the five senses the the natural side of things right we must maintain from our spirits, that strength over our soul, in other words. So it says here, <clears throat> do not grow weary of using your faith or believing God. In your patience is how you possess the soul, man. The word possess, I read it here, is to get, to acquire, to own, to control. And in Luke 8.13, all right, believe for a while. Luke chapter 8, verse 13. Amen. They on the rock, I'm going to read this whole passage here, starting with verse 9. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given, uh, I see, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that they, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand, right? All right. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. These are they by the wayside, are they that hear, and then come at the devil, and take it the way that was sown in their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which, for, which believe for a while, and in the time of temptation, fall away. Right? Distractions. Cares. 
and that which fell among them thorns are they which when they have heard the word go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pressures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection i'm sorry riches and pleasures of this life they're choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of, the, of this life and bring forth no fruit the word life here is i think it's the word Mm. Yeah, bios. Bios means livelihood. You see? They're always busy about, right? Trying to make that money, if you will. And I'm not saying that it's not important that we have finance. I'm saying the order should be right. Amen. And then verse 15, But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. Glory to God. They keep that word. Amen. Look at this. Verse 15, they keep it. Keep means to hold it down. Amen? And it brings forth fruit. Results, in other words. With hupomene, constancy. Consistency, reliability, and faithfulness. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this precious time with your people, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that we stand here in your presence, Father, ministering these precious words of life, Father. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, amen, that quickens this word and causes it to come alive to your people, to my life, oh God, to my family, my loved ones, my brothers and sisters, and so on. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for those that have heard today. I thank you for those that will hear in the future, Father. And as your word says here, Father God, but they on the, the but that on the good ground are they which are which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with hopomony. We thank you, Father, for this, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are Lord of creation.
We glorify. 